right, how we doing, everybody? It is 7-17-20. I'm your host, Will Reddington, and welcome to another episode of Red Talk. Today, we welcome back Chase Shellman, who's done a lot since we last talked. Division II All-American at Spring Hill College, and he is now going to play professional basketball in Macedonia. Chase and I discuss his senior season, overcoming injuries, the process of signing with a team overseas, and we even get to learn a little bit about Chase's new home, North Macedonia. Before we get started, our show is brought to you by O'Shea's Irish Pub. I don't know about you all, but that's where I'm going this weekend. Open till 2.30 at 956 Baxter Avenue. Nobody does a better job of giving you a socially distanced good time than O'Shea's Irish Pub. All right, let's get it going. All right, we now welcome back one of my favorite guests in Red Talk history, 2020 D2 All-American, Chase Shellman. It's great to have you back, man. How we doing? I'm doing good, brother. How you been? Things are going well. I'm seven days away from live sports. Dude, it's getting closer and closer. I just hope it all goes through. I don't think that there's any way it doesn't happen now, so I I feel great about it. But last time me and you talked... We were talking about like last year's NBA finals. I mean, it was forever ago. If the impossible could happen, could the Raptors beat the Warriors? And it's like, it's crazy that even mattered after all we've experienced as people over the last four months. But you've had a really nice life since our last podcast together. You went out, had your best basketball season of your life. And most recently, you signed to play professional basketball. Chase Shelman from DeSales High School playing professional basketball in North Macedonia. What's the last year been like for you? It's been wild, man. Uh, ever since coming off the ACL injury, I didn't know if I was even going to play anymore. I actually played with you that first time I came back after being cleared. We played up at the cells one day and it was just awful. And uh, slowly just worked my way back into it, decided I wanted to go back for the fifth year. And uh, the season, I mean, outside of winning, personal, like individual achievements, it couldn't have been any better. I just finally put all of my game together and kind of got in a good groove and just played the best I've ever played and kind of where I've been wanting to get my level at. So personally, like the season went great and I ended up setting a lot of self-achievements that I had for myself and doing very well. And then um, once all that kind of ended, I I was debating on if I wanted to get a job or I had a chance of possibly going to play professional overseas or something. So kind of weighed my options with that and played around with it and I was lucky because it all ended up working out. Your stats absolutely back up what you just said about the individual achievement standpoint from your last season. Uh, You go from averaging nine points a game to 19. You kind of become that player that everybody who knows you and has seen you play basketball knows that you could be. And the only thing I think that ever held you back was the injuries. And we played together that one day and I'm watching. I'm like, Chase is clearly the best player on the floor, but it just felt like, uh, you know, you were uncomfortable, like you were just worried it could happen again which is so understandable because you work so hard to get where you're at. And then one bad thing can set you back a whole nother year. I watched it at Bellarmine and stuff. And just to see the the tweets and the Instagram posts from your school's basketball team account where it's like, yeah, 24 rebounds. So, I mean, whatever happened from that day to sales, you clearly got completely healthy. You turned into an absolute <laughs> monster. You're probably the first guy on the scouting report the opposing team's worried about. Uh, did you feel differently going into your senior season, like from that point when I saw you, or did something happen kind of in the middle of the year? 
No, definitely felt that way going in. Uh, once I like started trusting the knee again and kind of get my body back in shape to where I felt like it was before, like pre-injury, I was feeling good about myself. I still, I still only played pickup a handful of times. I, I didn't want to do anything to hurt it before the season actually started. I didn't want to take any chances there. So going into the season, I mean, I knew I was prepared mentally better than ever. And I knew physically I was, I couldn't jump as high, but like running and I, I gained like 10 pounds of muscle and everything else. So physically I felt the best I'd felt. So once we actually got in games, it was just kind of, it came natural. Like I, I knew I was going to do well and I was going to be putting the opportunity with my team this year and coaches to do well. So, I mean, it was nice to just see it all play out. And I started using my body a little more since I couldn't jump as high as I could before. So it really helped me elevate my game, especially against better opponents this year. And it just really made me a better basketball player coming off that injury. Absolutely. And that's the perfect thing you can do. I mean, you just got to kind of survive and advance through those mishaps you have throughout your career. And when I knew you in high school, you were the most athletic player on pretty much every floor you were on, no matter who you were playing. And you really use that athleticism to dominate and to be a huge part of the game and then you lose a little bit of that when you feel yourself not being able to get off the ground as much but you find a way to be more effective than you literally ever have been with your new style which has landed you in pro basketball and some of these season high stats are wild season high in points 40 40 piece season high in rebounds 24 last game that was your last game correct against uh with savannah state i mean they were not going to keep you off the glass it's wilt chamberlain uh -oh. S what what's it like being in a college basketball game and dominating like that, feeling like you can do no wrong? It's a good feeling, and I, I had felt that time felt that way a few times in high school games against weaker opponents. But there were just a few games where I felt really good coming in, and just early on, I could automatically feel that it was just going to be my day, and uh, just got good shots to fall, and just kind of just go hard out there. Just the one thing I've learned, I kind of consider myself a vet this year, being a fifth year. Uh, especially with a younger team that I knew if I did wrong, I wasn't going to get taken out or anything. And I think that comfortability playing that way, I just kind of did what I wanted out there and relaxed. And that's when I found myself going for 40 or 30 or just, just kind of just playing my game freely because I just knew that the guy guarding me wasn't going to stop me. So it was actually pretty fun playing those games. I was a lot more relaxed this year than I'd ever been. So it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that, that sounds like just a nice feeling, knowing the guy in front of you isn't going to be able to stop you. It sounds great. I, I've rarely experienced that in life. Uh, <laughs> so you, you're going through this season. You're dominating everybody. Did you ever, like, at what point did you stop worrying about the injury? Or did you ever stop worrying about the injury? So honestly, I never stopped worrying about the injury. I did rehab still every day, every other day, meeting with the trainers and stuff because I was – honestly terrified of it happening again and I never really felt the full strength come back it felt fine I never had any pains or anything but several times throughout the year I had great trainers and great athletic coaches who would work with me every day we were getting it back to where exactly it needed to be so I never it was always in the back of my head but I think that kind of made me play smarter at times because in the previous years I got hurt less serious but I would get hurt trying to do something more athletic than I should have been doing. And instead of using my body or slowing down or using pump fakes or just fundamental basketball. So it actually was it being in the back of my head, head helped me a whole lot. 
it's funny if somebody just listens to this and they see none of like your your highlight tape or your film from your most recent season, they're probably thinking that you're out there playing like Zach Randolph, like you got somebody on your back and you're shooting fadeaway jumpers <laughs> all game. And in reality, you see these videos of you jumping up and dunking. It's it's all about perspective. But uh, the season the season ends. Yeah. You're named a D two All American. What's that moment like? It was a good feeling. Honestly, caught me by surprise. I knew, I knew after the season that I had done very well. I had led the whole conference in scoring and rebounding per game. Plus, I had the highest had the highest scoring game, the highest rebounding game. I was top two in field goal percentage. I led the conference in minutes. I mean, our team didn't have very many wins, but personal achievements. I knew they were up there, so I had expected at least been conference player of the year all conference first team something but the to get the all-american bid it was pretty awesome and that caught me by surprise so i really really enjoyed getting that news one day from my coach uh it's it's so funny that you say that you're like yeah well i thought i, ha- I had an idea that i was going to get it because i led the conference in literally everything uh but yeah that's uh it, it's pretty impressive so your your final game you go for 24 boards you know that's your final game going into it. I assume you're going to leave it all out on the floor. It had to be a great send-off going for 19 and 24. So so the crazy thing is when we actually – so with three games left in the season, I caught an elbow at practice. And uh, it split me open under my eye and over my eye. And it actually broke the orbital bone and was pinching a nerve so I had no vision out of my left eye. And uh, so I missed I missed one of our road trips, missing two games. And then we were playing our last game at Spring Hill. And I was supposed to have surgery four days later. And the surgeon told me, like, no way, no way you can play. You have you have no vision out of your eye. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I don't think it would be safe. And uh, I, I asked her if I could just go and try and practice one day before the game and see how I felt. And I just I went in the gym and just shot just shots within 10 feet, just anything close, use my body. And I was like, I think I can make this work. So I called back the surgeon and I was like, if it's possible, can we wait, postpone my surgery till after this conference tournament? I don't, I don't see us going very far, unfortunately, but at least let me play these last few games. And she agreed. And uh, that last game at Spring Hill with one, eye actually ended up going for 31, six and six. I probably had one of my most perfect all around games. So it was actually pretty wild. The one eye game. That that's crazy. That is such an awesome story to be able to tell your fictional kids one day. I mean, oh, that's crazy. I I, I remember seeing your Instagram stories of your eye and thinking, like, that looks bad. That looks like it was yeah. really painful. And you're out there playing, putting up major numbers. It has to be demoralizing for the other team. Like, man, this guy can't even see. I had like the the black mask on. It just oh it nice. looked awful, but yeah, no, I had to get some touch because she said if it got hit again, then it was just put me at risk. So she said as long as I, my surgeon was saying as long as I play it safe, wear the mask, and just, I guess, just say, stay safe as I can out there, then it should be fine. But no, it was actually, it was crazy. I was not expecting, I guess I really just didn't care at that point and just knew that I was going to just do play my game, but it just turned out being pretty good games. Yeah, I mean, it sounds it sounds like a tough look, the LeBron James black mask. You know what would be great? <laughs> You know, be a great Instagram post from you. You find a picture of yourself hooping that day. Just hashtag wear a mask. 
That's that's five hundred plus likes. That's genius. Yeah. That's genius. The mask the mask wasn't too fitting on me though. I didn't look well in it, so that's why you probably haven't seen any pictures anywhere of it. I, I find that a little hard to believe. Usually the school's social media account makes you look like an absolute <laughs> badass. So just for a second, I mean, what's it like? You wake up, you see this thing, and it, it turns you into like a like a villain or a superhero, whatever they're doing on that day. The the graphics that Spring Hill put out were like LSU quality. What was up with that? It's on. It's our assistant coach Johnny Williams. He went to Duke for for that right there. And uh, in his free time outside of coaching, he would put together these edits and make these videos. And he just he loved it. So we were always begging him to do this, do that. And before we even knew what he was doing, he's just, he's making these unreal edits and making us just look so much better than we even were. We always told him all the time. We're like, man, you're at the wrong school. Like these, <laughs> these edits and stuff are meant for an LSU or yeah. Kentucky basketball or something that's spring Hill, but no, they're awesome. No, they, they were legit that good. I mean, you're not supposed to see content that good. You're flipping through your Instagram stories and you're like, is that Chase Shellman as the damn Joker? <laughs> yeah they were pretty awesome he was real creative with it oh yeah that that joker one was like uh actually really really tough but you said that you get you leave school and you're weighing your options uh, do i want to go get a job do i want to play pro basketball who who kind of helped you lean towards that decision to further your basketball career so it's a great question actually so i was in the interview process with a job here back in louisville and uh it obviously got postponed because they went on a hiring freeze because of all the COVID stuff. So once that happened, I had already kind of had in the back of my mind, like maybe I could play basketball. I don't really know how to go about the playing professional. Like, honestly, I have no idea. So I'm reaching out to some guys. I know they used to do it. I reached out to Corbin a lot. Uh, one of my old coaches, Matt Jones, who's real familiar with the, the overseas aspect of it. And uh, just kind of talk with them and just talk to my family and coaches and everything. And my family, they've always wanted me to pursue my basketball career. And in the back of my head, I've always wanted to get to the highest level that I possibly could before I stopped dribbling and everything. And uh, it's more of like a self-fulfillment thing, I guess, before officially being done. So I had that driving me, but just talking with more people. And then once the season ended, actually, and once the All-American thing went out, I actually started getting a lot of phone calls and DMs and emails from agents and even some coaches overseas just saying, asking like, do you have an agent? Like we'd love to love to back you and stuff like that. So I still was still wasn't really sold on any of it still. And uh, just talking with more people. And I got in, got in touch with one motive sports agency who one of my couple of my good friends or clients of theirs already and played overseas and talked with them. And uh, they just seemed like great guys. And they just basically promised me like, we will, if you want to play pro ball, I will find you a team for sure. Like after watching your stuff and hearing about the kind of guy you are, we know like this will be an easy, easy job for us. And I mean, it ended up being one of my better decisions. I hope it all, I hope it all ends up playing out as I want with the COVID still causing issues. But as of right now, I'm, I'm very happy with the decision. It's, it's so wild that it works out like that because I mean, you hear that from them and you're like okay well he's saying he could definitely find me a team and while this pandemic's going on it, it's it's probably somehow a little harder to find a regular job and you at least have this film that you can put out with basketball that you know this is what makes me unique and especially overseas i would imagine in in different leagues like size is probably heavily sought after and you are a huge mm -hmm. dude 
So, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense, but it's just crazy that like playing pro basketball was in a way your easier option. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's definitely when you look at it that way, because it was my it was kind of my second option, because if the job would have worked out, I was I was 100 percent taking that. So, I mean, I always say whatever's meant to be happens how it's supposed to. So I think it's all going to work out like it's supposed to be. So you decide that you're going to play pro ball officially. How, how's that work now? Because I imagine like, are you are you working out for people? Are you, are you virtually working out for guys? Are they just watching your film? Is it a little bit of both? No, it's another question. So I so once I signed with this team in Scope A, North Macedonia, uh, I mean, I was obviously in talks with the coaches and general managers before signing and uh, seemed like great guys. Obviously, never met them, but sound like good guys. And uh, so talking with them. So now they have they're expecting me to leave early September if all goes according to plan. And I'll come straight there and start preparing in the preseason training and then we'll start season officially October. But um, other than that, they just, they're expecting me to be in the gym and being ready to get get after it once I get there. I mean, at this point, when you're professional, it's not like it's not like college where I'm going back and I already have my scholarship and everything else. Like, and now it's like a professional level. So if I go over there and I don't produce or don't perform the way I'm expected to, then you can get cut and that's it. So it's now it's more like they're not going to force you to do anything. Now it's like on your own to get the job done. Yeah, it's like the complete opposite feeling of what you had your senior year. And you said you were really comfortable. You knew you were coming off the floor and you're the leader of the team. And now when you go overseas, everything I've heard is you got to rebuild your brand every single season. A lot of guys jump from team to team, country to country every year. And you just got to go in there like, I got to earn it all. These guys have never heard of me before, but they're going to. And I mean, it, it's a tough situation, but at least you know, like I, you're on the same playing field. I don't I don't think it really matters to anybody where you played college ball. It's all about what you're going to do when you step foot in that gym. And I, I think you're at a pretty good spot. You're obviously playing your best ball leaving that season. And now you've had a ton of months where you probably couldn't play much five on five as we're all trapped in yeah, our rooms. No, but uh, <laughs> I want to get to know North Macedonia a little bit with you. I know you know a little bit about it, but I've been doing some research and I got some facts about it. So I'm going to teach you a little bit. You're going to teach me. Uh, some of it might be kind of a quiz form. So we'll start with an easy one. <laughs> Geography-wise, where is North Macedonia at? <laughs> I can tell you that it borders Greece and Albania and Bulgaria. Facts. And You're killing it. The Serbia, Serbia is over around that area. Across the sea right there is Italy, but... But before, I had never even heard of the country, so I definitely had to at least look up where it was or what it was by. <laughs> well, you absolutely nailed the bordering countries. Dead on. Couldn't have been better. So I was trying to figure out what the coolest thing about Macedonia could possibly be. And now that I'm a big Macedonian fan, I obviously know that it's the <laughs> Balkan links. The Balkan links. It's the incredibly rare wildcat only located in macedonia these things are gorgeous they look like pokemon but there's only about 100 of them and they're scattered around the western mountains so look out for those <laughs> i had not heard of those yet so i'll definitely be aware roaming around macedonia the balkan lynx has to be cool and uh fun fact the spring is actually colder 
than the fall in Macedonia. So, you know, you got to plan your wardrobe a little bit. I thought that was pretty interesting. That is interesting. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> That's huge. Um, Chase, how many languages do you know? One. Man, me and you are tied. Me and you are tied at Keep one. Keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> we draw. So you're never going to believe this, but Macedonia, the, the main language there is uh, Macedonian. So big shocker there. Uh, there are six minority languages. So I got good news for you. There are a bunch of other stuff you can do. The only problem is, is, is like Albanian, Turkish, Serbian, Bosnian, no English. None. None at all. Yeah. So translator going to be vital. Are you a big trash talker on the floor? I usually am not. So I'll probably keep it that way. Or if I do say anything, obviously, I would assume they won't know what I'm saying. Good. Yeah. I was about to say uh, that's not going to work over there. You're, you're going to have to not be able to count on that because they're not going to be able to understand it. I would say that if you wanted any advice from me, I would say just, you know, scream real loud. You dunk and you just scream. Everybody understands a good yell in basketball language. You're right. You're right. That it doesn't matter what language you speak that, that echoes the gym. Yeah. So when a doubt, just scream. Uh, an EKU guy agreed to play there as well. Right. So, I mean, what are the odds of that? Mm -hmm. Two guys that play college ball in Kentucky end up there. It's crazy. I reached out to me. I was like, wow, it's, it's actually very wild that two Kentucky affiliates are going to end up in Scope and North Macedonia playing on the same team. But it's actually, it was pretty cool. I'm glad that he did sign because at least I reached out to Corbin about him. Corbin says he's a great player, great guy. So it's good to at least have a mutual friend going 14 flat hours away. So it's good to at least have someone I kind of know going in. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd say that's huge. Just, I mean, he, that he probably speaks English, so you at least have somebody to talk to and hang out with. Uh, we got a 14-hour. I got one. Yeah, 14-hour, 50-minute flight. You didn't go to college in Kentucky, which I feel like helps. You know how to be far away from people you care about. But that's a, that's a long way. Are you worried about being that far away? 100%. Definitely nervous. I mean, going down to Alabama, nine-hour drive was one thing. I thought that was far in the beginning, and realistically, that was nothing. But now, knowing I can't get home uh, in a one-day drive, it's a, it's a little – makes me a little nervous. Plus, I've never even been out of the country, so my first time going out and I'm going to live causes a little bit of stress. But super open-minded and super just excited about it. But there's definitely a little nerves building up the closer September gets. That was my next question. Like, have, have we ever done a cruise? Have we ever utilized a passport? Like, okay, well, it, it's a uh, baptism by fire. You're going straight to North Macedonia to live. Literally right live. into it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people that I know didn't exactly come out of this quarantine in the best possible shape. You know, I I go on a lot of bike rides, uh, play a lot of golf. I'm not in terrible shape right now. I feel pretty good about it. How does somebody like you, who, who it really, really matters if they're in shape currently the day they get to wherever they're going, how do you stay in shape without access to all those places that you'd probably go usually work out at? Yeah, so it was tough. It was really tough. Um, so I actually acquired a couple 35-pound dumbbells from my dad who had some, luckily, a jump rope. And then other than that, I just push-ups and just did a lot of running and I did a lot of biking as well but um outside of like any basketball related activity I couldn't find even a park with a rim up anymore so finding that I would come over to my mom's house and she has a goal in her her backyard so I'd at least shoot a little bit there but not nowhere near what I needed 
um, needed, not gym accessibility. But other than that, I was just kind of just doing whatever I could with running or biking or anything just to stay active. And I'm a busy body anyway. So it was basically all day long. I was either outside running or outside walking or working out or just something. I just couldn't, can't sit still anyway. So I was always doing some type of workout. So I actually came out of quarantine feeling pretty good. But now that gyms are opened up and everything, I feel feeling back to 100%. Way better. Hey, when in doubt, move. That's what I always say. Yeah. Um, NBA bubble about to start. Uh, I know you're a huge LeBron James fan. He's coming back. They're the favorite. Are, are you excited to get the NBA back in your life? I'm so excited. I just, I'm crossing my fingers and praying every day that it just ends up going just at the games actually begin because you hear a little more every day about Westbrook has the coronavirus or so-and-so snuck out of the bubble or this or that. And I'm just hoping we just get to the games. I just need the games to be played. So I know it's going to go through. I, I feel pretty good about it. Now that I'm seeing the Instagram posts from all the teams of, of them all practicing, like they're all really there. I feel like they'll just go through with it no matter what. I, I don't see how there could be like a drastic surge at such a level where they would cancel everything. I, I will say about LeBron, I'm so excited to watch him. Probably most excited to watch him out of any player that's going to play. I cannot stand these pictures I've been seeing of LeBron. And I, I hope you agree with me. I mean, this is this is the premier basketball player in the world. And he's got all this gray in his beard. And I just can't stand it. I, I do not want to see LeBron with a bunch of gray in his beard when this season comes back. <laughs> I don't think. I think once he's back on television, that'll be gone. But even if so, like, what? I mean, the guy's getting older. Like, it's not like he died at gray. Like, he's just getting old. I'd love to see just the old man out there just still doing the things he can. I think it'd be awesome to see. It'd be funny. It makes me feel so old, though, that he looks like that, especially knowing that with just a little bit of effort, like 30 minutes of working on it, that it could be gone. He could shave it. He could dye it. There's a lot of different things you could do to make him look cool out there. That's my only complaint for LeBron going into the <laughs> bubble. Um, did you see the sales new basketball court concept on Twitter today? I did. I did see that today. It looks real nice. That looks they, sweet. They've needing a little upgrade. And I like the, the inside the three point line stained like that. It's a good touch. It, it looks real nice. It is. It makes it unique. It's a great gym. And how about? I mean, it is about time. A huge volleyball guy right here. Finally, the implementation of the volleyball lines on the basketball court. Years later, I did. I did see that, and I was wondering what the what even the <laughs> point of it was. Like, do we even have a volleyball team there? I, I bet we're getting we one. one. I bet that's what that means. I bet they're going to be tough. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to watch those boys play some volleyball. <laughs> oh, that's man. great. All right, last question. This one's you know, it's a nice one right here. So. You you go to the sales and I and I meet you and you're you're a freshman basketball player, but you're like you're you're coveted. Where they're like, that that's Chase Shelman. He's gonna be the guy here in a couple of years. And they turned out to be exactly right. But you start out, you're you're basketball player at the sales. You keep getting stronger, you keep getting better. You go play division two college basketball. You you never give up, no matter all these injuries happen, things don't go your way. I assume a ton of times along the way. You never give up. What would be your advice to kids that are like starting their high school basketball career or like wanting to make a high school basketball team? Oh, no, it's 
that's awesome right there. I mean, as cliche as it sounds, I would just say follow your heart. Like it's, it's, it's something that you want to do and that you actually genuinely love and it brings you happiness and do whatever it takes to get to that point. And uh, like coming back from the injuries and everything else, it would, it would have been so easy just to be, be done. And even like my coach, my coach before I had come back from the ACL injury, he was like, you know, like we're going to look to, look to replace you now like I mean obviously we want you to come back strong but we can't rely on your knee holding up so just just comes down to like if you really if you really want to make it happen you will and uh I mean it's countless hours and time that no one sees you in the limelight of the court and stuff but when you're in there on your own taking advantage of any gym opportunity especially now it's just just whatever you you have whatever you want to happen you can make happen you just got to put in the work and effort for it so my advice to anybody out there who wants it wants a dream to come true, just get it done. You gotta make it happen yourself. What a chef's kiss on a phenomenal podcast episode. <laughs> Chase, do you have anything you'd like to talk to me about? Anything that's weighing on your mind that you need to ask me? <laughs> I'm good, man. I appreciate you having me on though. That's good to hear. Uh, Chase, it was great to have you back, man. Uh good luck with everything that you do. Keep me updated. Uh one more thing. I mean, is it is there gonna are you like sure there's going to be a season? Like, are you going to go play a season? What what exactly have you heard there, dude? So I'm, I mean, I'm praying we do have one. The coach I've been talking to, who for the North Macedonia facts, he does indeed speak fluent English, which was a big relief to me. But I've been talking with him a lot, and he says right now they're preparing to go according to schedule. He said their their schedule set, everything seems fine, unless some big outbreak happens to prevent that going on but as of right now it seems like it's a good go there he just said as of right now we're not allowed to have fans in the stadium which he said is crushing because they love to have a good environment but he said if the games can still be played without fans and they'll definitely be happy with that but as of right now leave early september practices start um october 15th and then games will resume slowly or no yeah no first game is october 15th sorry about that so once I get there in September, we'll start practicing everything. And if it all goes planned, then we'll be starting games in October, then go from there. But I don't know, with all the uncertainty going on right now, they seem confident, which makes me feel good about it. But just seeing how things are in the U.S., I just I can't imagine how it is over there. Yeah, it's uh, it's so important and prevalent that he told you, yeah, if, if we have to roll without fans, we're still doing it. Because for American sports, it's like, yeah, they just want that TV deal. They're still going to make a ton of money. It's all good. But other countries, I'd imagine it varies country to country. Like it's, some of them, it's probably oh, yeah. making a ton of their money off attendance. And to have that removed, it may be, well, what's the point? The fact that you already have heard that, I think it's really promising going into it because especially overseas, you saw sports come back a lot quicker. There's soccer to watch and bet on every single day. And there's just no fans, but it's it's constantly going on and it, and it hasn't really stopped. So I, I think that you should feel really good about that, maybe even better than some American pro sports players should feel about yeah. what their sports lives look like for the next year. It's so true. Yeah, because we don't know what's going on here. And I'm hoping they have it together a little bit more over there, but they seem confident about it. So I'm going to take their word and hope for the best. Chase, I think that sounds like a good plan. Stay healthy, stay safe. Uh, Good luck with everything. I appreciate you taking the time to rejoin Red Talk, and I will talk to you soon. Appreciate it, brother. All right, Chase. TTYL.